brown girls it's your girl lady j coming at you kind of live but always direct as always thank you so much for listening to conversations with a brown girl podcast where i openly chat about self-care self-love healthy living and improving one's mental health as it pertains to us women of color this season all conversations revolve around relationships how we relate, behave, and talk to each other and ourselves. But for today's episode, I speak to career and interview coach Charmenta Brown, or she likes to be called Char. Char is currently the career and lead interview coach for the career advancement company, Brand Resume. Charmenta has a true passion for career advancement because she believes she can empower those in mid-level positions to understand their worth and strengths or what she likes to call their superpowers to excel in their professional careers. And I have to say, she gave me a lot of really good advice before and after we talked for this episode. Charmenta enjoys learning about new jobs, professions, skills, and interview techniques to help people realize that there are so many different opportunities in life and they never have to limit yourself. People have to understand and learn how to convey their current and past experiences to prepare for future opportunities. I hope you enjoyed this episode about the relationship we have with our jobs. And I've talked enough, so let the conversation begin. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all my brown girls listening out there. As I said in the intro, Today's conversation is about the relationships we have with our careers. So we are working women. And my guest today is Charmenta Brown, but she told me to call her Char. She is a career and interview coach. And I will say we had a very nice conversation before this episode. And this sister knows what she is talking about. She gave me some job tips. And I can't wait for her to share her knowledge. So I have talked enough. Charmenta, welcome to the conversation, and please take this time to introduce yourself. Well, first, I want to say, Lady J, thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. But like Lady J said, my name is Charmenta Brown, but everyone calls me Char. I am a career and interview coach. I So by day, so I'm originally from New Jersey. I live in Florida, um, and I've been living in Florida for the past eight years my nine to five, I work in higher education. So I work with college students. I not only teach, but I'm also a manager. So I have over 20 employees through my nine to five. But my true passion is career advancement. I love giving people, especially Black women, the skills that they need to advance in their careers. A lot of times we talk about mental health, which is very important, mental health, physical health, all those things. But we don't talk about career health. We don't talk about what's going on in our careers. And I see a lot of times that we lack the confidence of that promotion. We lack the confidence of maybe leaving a company, going to to another company. It starts with having the confidence. I can sit here all day and every day, talk about the skills that you need for a job, how to have a great resume, how to have a great cover letter, but we have to know our worth and we have to have the confidence. I like that. And also, she's a, a fellow Jersey girl. I'm, I'm also from Jersey. I think my listeners know that. But let, let's just dive in. Let's just start with this conversation. And let's talk about how to land a job. And then I definitely want to talk about that confidence piece. But let's talk about tips, techniques, and strategies. What's a tip that you can give us to help us land a job? So I have so many different tips. But where I can start, you need to know, this, this is a big step, that there's different stages of your job search journey. I like to call it a job search journey because it is a journey. A lot of people just think they can go on Indeed or they can go anywhere, go see the go see the job, apply to it, and get um, go on an interview, and that's it. Sometimes it can be that easy, but a lot of times it's not. You have to first know, before you even start looking, you have to know what you're looking for. If you don't know what you're looking for, how do you know that you want to do that job? Or you have to know what you're looking for. And then also, you have your resume, your cover letter has to be on point. You have to have someone review it. I work for also I work for the career advancement company. I work for called Brand Resumes. We help people with the resumes, the lead interview coach. On there as well, but you have to have a great resume. You have to have a great cover letter. 
And let me start, but before even that, you have to set goals. So when I say you have to, you have to know what you're looking for in that you need to set goals. You have to know what you want to do. Do you want to stay in the same type of position that you're in now? Or are you entry level, just graduating from college? And you're like, okay, what should I do now? You have to first set goals. And then once you set goals, start looking into your resume, start looking into the experience you have, have someone look over it for you. That's definitely, definitely important. And also you need to know your strengths. What do you know? What do you know you know how to do very well? What are your, I've always called stress your superpowers. What are your superpowers? And it doesn't matter if you have been working in a field for five years, 10 years, 20 years, or you don't have any experience at all. You know, you, you know, the strengths that you do have. So the tip, the, the biggest tip I have is having goals, knowing your strengths and having a great resume and a great cover letter. That's one of the biggest tips that I do have. And then after, I would say this, after you have that great, great cover letter, a great resume, you have to know how to interview well, too. I always tell all my clients, your resume, your cover letter may get you the interview, but it's who is you who gets yourself the job. So there's just different stages to this. You have your your pre-stage where you're preparing, you're preparing yourself, you know, you're setting your goals. You're writing your resume, you're writing your cover letter, you're looking for jobs. But then when you then you have your interview phase, you're preparing for that. So you definitely have to know that there's different stages to this. It's not and it's a journey. It's not one size fits all. You're not going to wake up one day, apply for a job, interview, and then have another a, the job the next day. It's not, it may not be that easy. I, I was just about to say if I could add to that to be realistic. Because, you know, we have a lot of people who graduate college or who have worked at a job for one, two, three, four, five years or whatever your situation is. Let's just start with you graduated college, right? You're not going to always get the job and the salary is not going to start off at $100,000. No, it's not. No. Um, so I, I, would, I would say also be realistic about job expectations. I know personally speaking, and I guess that comes from an experience that I had when I had no job experience. I was getting ready to graduate grad school. I was not certified because teachers have to be certified. And I asked this job when they came to my salary, I was like, oh, I won $40,000. And at the time that was like a starting salary for a first year teacher, but a first year certified teacher. And I was like, oh, you know, I want 40,000. And they were like, okay, you're not certified. So we'll give you like 35. And I was upset because I'm like, you know, I have everything except this certification, but that doesn't mean that I won't get it. No, the required, the job requirement is that you need to have your certification. So I think just being realistic too. But I like what you said about it's a journey because there is a, a beginning, a middle and an end, so to speak. And your journey begins with, what do you want to do? What are you good at? You know, what are you looking for? So I, I like that. I've never equated job searching to a journey. So I like that. Yeah, it definitely is. And I also will piggyback on what, you're gonna, what you just said. It's a journey. And I will say this. I'm speaking to Black women, too, when I say this. Yes. You may be looking for something, but up, don't feel like you have to be 100% qualified mm. to apply for a job. Uh, men out here are, they may not, they may, they know good well, they may not be qualified for something. They may not have the same, the exact same skill sets, things like that. And they'll still apply. Like, don't feel like you have to have 100%, 100% of everything on that job description, that job posting to apply. If you feel like that's something you're interested in, that's something you would like to learn about, or just you want to see where that would take you, apply. If you get rejected, you get rejected. But the thing is, it's okay, but you just, ne- you just never know. Apply. Well, here's my question to, mm-hmm. to that statement. So, okay, let's say the job is looking for five things. I have three, but I apply anyway. And they ask me about the missing two. What should I say? So it depends on what the missing two. So that's it. Well, first of all, you're talking about the interview. 
round, right? Like you get an interview and they're talking about the missing two. Well, I, you, before you get to that interview, like you said, you need to know that they could ask you about those missing two. So as you're preparing for your interview, because this is very key, make sure you, you prepare for your interview, make sure you practice. So what I will say is you already need to have, you already need to know what to say to speak of those two things that you may not have. So can I give you, can I give you an example? Yeah. So for example, like I said, I work in higher education. So one of my next roles that I would like to get into is HR. I have no, I don't have any direct HR experience, but I have transferable skills. So that, so Lady J, when you talk about the two things that you're missing, it may not be direct, but you need to think of a strategy and think of ways how you can use your transfer, transferable skills that meets those needs. So for example, like I said, I want to look into getting a position in HR. I don't have any direct experience in HR, but however, I have over 20 employees that I manage every day. Mm. I have, I'm not only responsible, you know, for their day-to-day tasks, but also when they're having when they're having issues with each other, when they're not getting along, I have to step in as a manager, as their supervisor to help mediate, mediate the situation, to help talk to both of them, for them to come to a better understanding of how they can work together. Those are some things that HR has to step in to do. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't have any quote unquote direct HR experience, but my transferable skills. I'm oh because I love career advancement so much. I'm always giving interview coaching skills presentation to my employees to prepare them for their next opportunities. I'm always creating, bringing people different, bringing different speakers in when we're having like a welcome back or at the end of the semester. I'm always creating co- um, webinars or different meeting spaces where they can grow. You know, I like I, that. I the transferable skills. I and as you were talking, I was thinking you know, being a teacher. So mm-hmm. I write lesson plans. I work, you know, I've, in some cases I've written curriculum. I've had, that's not a fancy job title, but I teach an elective course and I had to come up with a curriculum. Just, you know, organization skills, people skills, you know, being able to speak in front of people, being able to interpret knowledge in a way that people understand and grasp, learning from different situation and adapting. So these are all skills that I can take with me that I don't, I don't have to go from one teaching job to another teaching job. I can be a teacher and use those skills in management, just as an example. And I I like that. And I think that sometimes we don't, we think that our skill set is just for that particular job. We never think, yes, in a box. box. We We never think that those skills are something that can be used in other other types of employment. So I like that you said transferable skills. And I will say this with Lady J, you that's why I call it a job search journey because you in order to realize this, you have to sit down with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to sit down and list out everything you do, all the projects. I always tell I always tell my employees, are you keeping a Google Doc of all your projects, all your accomplishments, everything? If I, you know, if you're doing something new in your current position or you have accomplished something, make sure you write that down. So when you're ready to start applying for jobs like that, you can not only put on your resume, you can put on your cover letter, but you can also talk about it in your interview. Because I was a lot of times like I'm when I when I working with clients, they I'm look I always look at their resume and all that good stuff before I have a session with them. And I'm like I love people. I'm amazed. I'm like, wow, they did this, they did this. Oh, that's amazing. And then when I, you know, I'm I'm doing a coaching session, they're like, I don't know what to say about this question. I don't, I'm like, what are you talking about? Did you just see all the I just read all the experience that you have? You actually you ha- we're so bottled down by the work, the day-to-day work. And we're just, we're working, especially as black women, we're always, we work hard. We work the hardest and we're just so bottled down by the day-to-day stuff and getting by these. You don't bring your head, lift your head up and see all that you have done. And you can't articulate that and convey that to a hiring manager, to you, to a supervisor, to the hiring committee. You can't, you're not able to do it because you're so engulfed in the everyday work so that's why i call it a journey journal journal journal. you talk about this a lot lady you know 
you have to journal. Your your job search journey does not just, oh, I'm just going to journal because it can be very tough. It can be very hard. Journal about, you know, you completing your resume, how many jobs you applied to. If you were denied or if you're going to talk about your write about it. Wow. That was a lot of good stuff. I'm just sitting here like <laughs> blown away. Cause I, I think, you know, before we started the the actual conversation, like the recording, you know, you just shared a, a wealth of knowledge of basically just being confident and some of the tips that you gave me, you know, I, I I'm I appreciate the conversation already. Let's talk about technique. Let's talk about technique. So what are some techniques that we can use to help us lay the job? Stay organized. So like, say, for example, if you got your, you set your goals, you know, your strengths, you have your resume, um, probably you've been, you know, you're looking for jobs you apply to. So when I say stay organized, I always go to Google, go create a Google Excel sheet. And so when you apply to a job, you put that in the Google Excel sheet. So you have the name of the job, you have the name of the company, you have the position that you're applying for, you have some dates, put some date section if you heard back, the date that you applied to, and have like a note section. So you're going to have the company's name, the position's name, the date you applied to, and maybe some notes. In In that note section, you can put if you heard back from them, if you were denied, or if you're going on to the next round, or you have to answer some questions. That's what I that note section. But so for example, the company's name, you write that in the one in one row, the company's name. You're going to copy and paste the company's website and put that link on the company's name and, and insert the link. So let's say the company's name is let's, I'm gonna use brand resume. So you're gonna go on brand resumes website, copy and paste the URL link and insert that link in the in the uh, where the where it says brand resumes at. And then the position tie, you're gonna do the same thing because when you do get the interview, you could just go. It's everything is right there. You can go right to that Google doc, um, that Google Excel sheet, and you can click on where the website is. You can click on the job the job posting. Sometimes they take the job postings down. So another thing that I do tell you to help you stay organized is what you can also do is if you want to use a, a Google Doc, if you're not using the Google Excel, let's say if you're using a Google Doc, copy copy and paste mm-hmm. that job description, that job posting in a Google in a Google Doc. Or you can make another tab in a Google Excel, and that could be just your, the job postings and just get rid of the cells and just have one mm-hmm. blanket block and just copy and paste the job description in there. And that way, when they do reach out to you, you know, okay, you already know what they're talking, you know what they're talking about. You don't have to be like, okay, I don't remember applying to that job or it's been so long because you may not hear back for a little while. And if you don't hear back for a little while, let it be, you know, that's, mm-hmm. let it be. And then what I'm finding is a lot of times now when you're doing, when you're submitting applications, they send you an email. They sometimes, if you have a Gmail account, it may be in the like the promotional or like sometimes spam, but it may not be go directly to your inbox. So look for it and then create a create a folder of job applications and you can just drag it right there. And that can help you stay organized as well. So my technique is to stay organized because you may be applying to so many different jobs, you may have so many different types of resume. Keep everything in like a Google Drive, a Google folder, use Microsoft, you know, you, you know, OneDrive, but stay organized because when they you hear from them, you could be more proactive faster. And that I know there was one interview. I I I was so embarrassed. I completely forgot my resume. Just just you know how when they talk, it was a phone a phone interview and she was asking me about my experience my mind literally went blank and now that she said having everything like in the google doc i could have had my resume up i could have had the information from the job down i could type in also what skills i could have to offer in that google doc i i think this is really good advice because i know for myself we think Oh, I need a good cover letter. I need a resume. I need three references. I, I land. Okay. I have the interview and that's it. When it's, it's so much more that could help us get further 
And also by being organized, it will also show our potential employer that we are serious about the job, about the search, that these are the types of skills that I have to offer for the position. So I think this is really good advice. Strategies. What's what's some strategies that you can give us to help us land a job? Well, I did say, you know, journaling. That's a, diff- that's a big strategy, journaling. And I will also say another strategy is I don't call it networking. I When people say, oh, yeah, network, I do not like that. Build relationships. Building relationships is key. When I call it building relationships, because when you build a relationship, you're it's not just going to be a high and buy. When you network, usually it's like a high and buy. I'm just talking about, so you're talking about, you oh, great, yeah. And then you just go your separate ways. But when you're building relationships, you're making connections with people. So great strategies that I tell folks is that when you're looking, you may be, let's say you're not sure, you you know it's time, you, you're ready to start searching for a job, but you may not know what. So if your current company that you work for provides professional development opportunities where you can connect with people from different departments, do it. Like it could be like a leadership professional development program. It can just be, let me tell you, it could just be a regular meeting created by HR and they want to talk about how you're doing in COVID. Like attend those HR professional meetings because you're everybody's coming to them. It's not just for your particular department. You're meeting from people from all over, especially if you work for like a bigger company. There's so many different things going on. Like look at different departments, get to know people's names, like any way you can connect with people. Start by doing that in your job that you're in now because you never know where that will lead you. So we start off by knowing that the job search is a journey. We need to set goals, make sure our resume and cover letter is up to date. We need to make sure that we know what our strengths are. We need to make sure that we are keeping organized. And you suggest some type of Google Doc. Google, Excel, Microsoft, I think it's what, Teams? Microsoft Teams, mm-hmm. Okay. And journaling. And can we talk about interview? Yes. Yes. Let's, 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 let's talk about interview because now that we've done that, right? I've, I've done all that you said. Now I've landed the interview. Can you give us some tips on how to interview well? Okay. So my first tip is of how to interview well. Know your worth, know your value. You need to know and understand when you're at that stage, they want to get to know you as a person. They want to see how you will work with them and the rest of the team. They're When they're interviewing you, they're having their back in their minds of like, can I see, I mean, can I see Lady J working here at this company with, with us? So you need to know your worth and you need to know your value. You need to make sure you practice like, that's why I love working. Interview coaching is my favorite. I love interview coaching so much. Um, You have to practice. You know, the biggest thing question is, tell me about yourself. Like I have a tell me about yourself strategy. That's my favorite question, but I have a formula for that. Tell me about yourself. Practice those questions, those situational behavioral questions using, like, I'm, I don't have, using the STAR method, like knowing the situation, task, the action, the result. When you are give give specific examples, I'm not saying have a 10 minute, make have one question and have a 10 minute rant, but know your stuff, know your work. I always call this have a pocket of examples, have a pocket of accomplishments, because no matter and knowing how to break down those accomplishments. So, like for example, a lot of a big question is tell us about a time when you had to deal with a difficult person. Make sure you have an accomplishment that you have done and you have did very well that you had to come against some obstacles. Make sure, you know, that if you had to deal with a difficult person, make sure you know that like the back of your hand. I will always I always say three to five accomplishments or three to five like obstacles that you have overcome. Make sure you have that in your pocket and make sure you know how to break that down. And again, not in a 10 minute rant. But you're talking about the situation, the task, the action, and the result, and give examples in that. I, I like what you said about the practice piece because I was thinking about when I interviewed for my current job with teachers, they always ask for us to do 
uh, it's like a sample lesson where you're, you're some, well, presentation. Yeah. In person, they want you to teach a class, but because we were virtual, it was a virtual, it was just me and the two principals, but they wanted me to teach an actual lesson. And in the past, I didn't practice in the past. I just kind of ran through it in my mind, talked about it with someone, got their input, you know, what, what, you know, what, what handouts am I going to do, use things like that. But this particular job, I enlisted help from my village. So my husband is a principal and I did my lesson and I had him actually observe me as if he was my principal and he gave me feedback and I incorporated that feedback. And I know someone who works in the same network as I do. So I did my, and he's actually married to a teacher coach, both of their, their friends of mine. So I did my lesson in front of them and he gave me feedback from my network's point of view and his wife gave me feedback, teacher coach point of view. And I practiced and practiced and practiced. So by the time I got to the job interview and I had to teach the lesson, I was like on point. I, my lesson was 15 minutes long and it became muscle memory almost to the point where I knew what I was going to say. I knew how I was going to say it. I even try to, when I do my lessons, try to anticipate questions. That's just something that teachers do, but I was able to do that. And because of practicing so much, some of the questions that were asked, I was able to answer with confidence. So I, from experience, definitely practice makes perfect. And I really truly believe that because I had practiced so much, because I got feedback, because he observed me, my husband observed me at least four or five times. And I really think because I practiced and I relied on my village, my friends and my husband, I was hired on the spot. So I, I definitely stress practice. And I know teaching interviews are slightly different than other types of jobs, but they still ask the same questions. Tell me about yourself. They always ask about, you know, tell me about a time where you had a difficult parent, a difficult student, how you handled that. And you have to be able to answer with confidence and answer in a way that is not cocky, but like, I know my stuff. Like you said, I know my worth. And I would even go back to that Google Doc. Like I'm now I'm obsessed with that Google Doc idea because you can write down, like you said, your accomplishments. You can write down, you know, how you overcome, overcame obstacles. So definitely practice. I would stress that to, to all the brown girls and brown boys, if you're listening. But yeah, practice makes perfect. I love that. I love that. Any other uh, interview strategies, tips, techniques, advice that you have? I want to give homage to you. I'm very proud of you that you ask people in that field you ask people like your husband's a principal you ask your, um, your friends are teaching coaches like you did it for them you just didn't do it for your mom like which yeah. is nothing wrong with that you know but you did you found people that could give you that criticism and not only the criticism but pointers of how you can better do it and I think that's important too I'm an interview coach. I don't have experience in every, you know, I do interview coach. I don't have experience in all the fields that my clients have, but I do know that you went to reputable people. And I think that is big. And I also will say, make sure you show your personality. You don't want to come off as a robot. You know, people don't want to work with robots. You want to show your personality because again, that interview is for them to get to know you. And last, if I have, is to know there's different types of interviews. Just is, you know, the interview, you can have a one-on-one interview like Lady J and I are having that conversation. You can have a group interview. You can have a presentation. Sometimes you may have an interview in all three or four of those different combinations are in that one day. So just, just be aware. Just know, sometimes you may not know what you're going to, but you just need to know and have those facts and that awareness. And that's something, you know, just a side note, don't be afraid to ask questions when 
they are setting up the interview. One thing that I was appreciative, I guess he was, it's a, it's a department within HR and they kind of prepare you for the interview. So my process was went to the website, uploaded all my information. I received a call. Would you want to move further? Got a phone interview. Then from the phone interview, they set me up with the school and with the, I interviewed with the school, but before I interviewed with the school, they kind of checked back in with me and I was able to ask questions like, are they going to pretend they're students? How many people are going to be there? What, like you have to be, you don't want to go into the interview blind, you know, it, and, and I always say that you and your relationship with your job, is like a puzzle. There are some pieces that fit, some pieces that don't. So don't be afraid to ask questions. And it was through some of the questions that I even was able to sharpen my lesson and my answers because the person, I I asked questions. And he asked me about my lesson and he said, you know, don't forget the rigor and things like this. So don't be afraid to ask questions. And I'm glad that I asked because I said, I plan on doing this lesson in front of my mom and my son while I'm on Zoom. And the person was like, no, don't do that. It's just going to be you and whoever's going to interview. Now, what if I didn't ask that? And here I am, have my mom and my son there, and they're looking at me crazy like, what are you doing? So I would say you don't be afraid to ask questions because, again, you you want to fit in with them and they want you to fit in with their company. And I would say after interview, make sure you have questions at the end of the interview. When they ask you, do you have any questions? Don't ever say, no, I'm good. I'm fine. No questions. No, that's the that's the part where you can show research is a big thing. Like research in the company, that's a part of preparation mm-hmm. before the interview. Research the company, know their mission, knowing their purpose, knowing where they want to be in five years. If they have a blog post, what articles are they writing? Looking up at their Instagram, on LinkedIn, on social media platforms, making sure you do that research. And in that research, you can definitely create great at the end of the interview questions for them. One of the things that I ask after every interview is other than teaching, what other responsibilities do you want or have of your teachers? Because a lot of times, and this is just specifically to teaching, a lot of times you'll get a teaching job and then you'll find out that you have to cover classes. You have to do lunch duty. They want you to have advisory or they want you to coach a sport or sponsor a club. So always ask, other than teaching, what are the responsibilities? Because sometimes they may not tell you because they honestly forget, or they may not tell you because they don't want to tell you. So it's always important to figure out what you're getting into ahead of time. I I definitely, follow-up questions are very important. And then going back to your point about showing your personality. So the job that I interviewed for they asked me to read an article because they wanted to get my input on it. And, you know, I have a son and at the time he was in middle school and I spoke from my perspective as a mom and my, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, feisty and, you know, I started, I got to be, I was very passionate. I don't remember what the article was about, but I referred to, you know, my child and my experience and things like that. And they loved it. They laughed because I kind of cracked some jokes, but they really appreciated my personality coming through. You know, like you said, people don't want to hire robots, especially within teaching. You know, you want someone who is pleasant, who is no nonsense, but is a joy to work with because most times you work in teams. So yeah, definitely ask questions. I can, from personal experience, ask questions and show your personality. And another thing that I want to point out, if you have not been working for a while and you're getting back into the job market, you need to be able to answer why in a way that doesn't make it sound like you were being lazy. Would you agree with that charge? I 100% agree because a lot of times, okay, I want to get back into the job market. I want to get back into working again those transferable skills, 
the skills that you were doing while you were, you know, at home, let's say you were staying home with your child, you know, what are things you were doing with your child? Were you, were you creating lesson plans? Were you organized, staying organized? Were you, did you have a job on the side that you were doing part-time? What, think about the transferable skills and things that you were doing in that, in that, I don't even call it downtime because people have different situations, mm-hmm. you know, during that time, while you weren't quote unquote working for a company, what were you doing? How could you talk about that and to bring it into the interview? And the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, like I told you before we started talking and to my listeners, if you don't know, I wasn't working for three years. I was a stay at home mom before I got my job. And they asked me about that. They said, you know, what were you doing? And I spoke from the heart. I said, you know, I am a mother of a young black male. We live in a predominantly white school district. My son has an IEP, has ADHD. And I was going to the school, volunteering. I was being a room parent. I was doing the bulletin boards. Like I wanted to make sure that the people at his job, at his school, sorry, his school knew that his parents were involved, that I am may not be working, but I'm still an educator and I know what's going on. And I want, I want you to know that we're in tandem with helping him become a young educated man. And I shared that with them. And I think, I really think, although my lesson was good, I really think that that solidified them wanting to hire me because again, and this is niche or job specific, you want a teacher who cares about their students. And between the passion that I had with the article we talked about, the reason why I stayed home and how I was able to sell those transferable skills in my answer and my lesson, I think all three of those definitely landed me the job. But I think when I was able to articulate why I was out of work and the reason for it was not, oh, I just didn't feel like working. But I think that really kind of drove home for them. Okay, she wasn't working per se in a job, but this is the type of person we want who's going to be passionate, who is, you know, was those those transferable skills that I had about being a stay at home mom and being so involved in the school. So if you are not working and you're getting back into the job market, definitely make sure because they I'm going to bet money that they are going to ask you, what were you doing for those? two, three, six months, a year, however long. Okay. I feel like I'm, t- I don't want to talk too much. No, I think I love how I really appreciate how what I'm saying, you're providing real life examples. Like I can give real life examples, but you've actually been through that. And you're like, definitely helping me co-sign. Like what she's saying is correct. And you actually been through it. So I know I appreciate it. And I will say this at the end of the interview, like after when you go home and everything like that, Make sure you write a thank you email. Please write thank you cards. You know, I have terrible handwriting. Oh my goodness. I say write thank you cards, but I would write up a thank you email and just expressing again, your interest in the position and just thanking them for, you know, or that person for the time. Make sure, you know, make sure you get the names of the people that are interviewing you or that one person and try to look up their email address. I'm sure you can ask the HR um, folks that reach out to you, you know, for their email addresses and send that thank you email. And then make sure you write in that thank you email, like at least one thing that stood out in that interview in the interview like thank you again for um allowing me to share my experience about you know how i love helping students and i love connecting students to opportunities things like that like um, make sure you mention something that stood out in that interview for you and for them as well okay so we look for a job we've interviewed now we have the job i know personally speaking and i think some of my listeners whether you have a child or not, how, what advice do you have to balance work and life? So my first thing is, let's be honest, when you hear work-life balance or just balance in general, you think you have to be 100% in all areas of your life. You feel like you got to be 100% in your professional career. You feel like you have to be 100% in your personal career. Your kids have to be doing well. Your health, you know, exercising. When you think about balance, you think about every all, all everything in your life has to be 100%. So you first have to know and understand and accept everything, is not, everything in your life is not going to be 
at the same time. It's it's not going to happen. Your professional career may be doing great, but your personal career, your relationships may not be doing great, or your kids may be a hot man. It's, you have to be okay with that. That's the first part. And then once you realize that and you're okay, you acknowledge that, then I will take one day at a time. If COVID has not shown these past going two years, you literally have to take one day at a time. Yes, you need to have your goals. You need to have things to look forward to, but you have to take one day at a time because what you, you're being, when you take one day at a time, you're being present. You're being present in what you're doing daily. And you're looking at your, your habits. You're looking at, you know, if you do have a bad day, sit down for like, okay, why did I have a bad day? Like reflect on it, take the time to reflect on it. But if you had a bad day and you were you know, you think about, oh, I'm never going to get here. I'm never going to be this. I'm never going to be that. No, if you're taking one day at a time, if you make a mistake at work, which is more than okay, if you make a mistake at work, think about what caught maybe what may have caused you to make that mistake. Was it time crunch? Were you rushing yourself? Were you answering an email at home and you should have waited till the next day to answer it? Like be present, take one day at a time. And then lastly, make sure you ask for help. Yeah. You ask for help. Yes. Ask for help. You know, I, I will say not everyone has a budget. I live at home with my parents, with my daughter. Like, I thank God for my parents every single day. Like, they are my village. Like, my friends are my village. And they may not be helping me directly with my daughter or anything like that. But if I'm having a bad day, I can just call them and, like, send to them and talk with them. That's a part of your village. You know, finding a hairdresser for my daughter, because I'm not great at doing hair. My hair, as you know, our, our new family hairdresser, she's a part of my village. Yes. You know, so definitely helping yourself create that village. You know, don't feel like you have to do everything on your own. Remember that 100%. Oh, I got to do kids' homework so much. Don't feel like you have to take on the world, um, put the world's weight on your shoulders. I was just, for Black men, we are, we know how to do that and we know how to do it well because we always feel like we have to prove ourselves, mm. not only in the workplace, but outside of the workplace. If you don't ask for help, I, that's the thing I have. That's one of my strengths. I know how to ask for help. I was always that kid in front of the class with my hand raised. Like, I'm not going to struggle out here by myself, not doing it because I know I can't be my best. So the first thing I'm going to reiterate again, understanding that work-life balance, you're not going to be 100% in everything. And that's okay. Then taking one day at a time, being present, and then also asking for help. I really appreciate that because especially that first one. Yeah. Because I'm thinking I have to plan lessons. I have to work on my business. I have to do this. I have to do that. When am I going to have time to do this? And it's just like, I want to scream because I feel like there's not enough hours in the day. And I have to let that go. I have to let that go. And like you said, be present in the moment. You know, before we started recording, I said, you know, my two goals is to focus on what I can control and work smarter, not harder. And I really am doing my best to do that. I'm really trying to, okay, so Sundays are more than likely going to be my days to work. Let me write a to-do list. Let me be realistic with my to-do list. Let me not put 20 things on there. Let me put three to five tasks that I know I can complete in a day or two. My to-do list usually take about two days. I try to do one every two days. But I definitely, definitely, definitely am trying to to accept that it's not going to be perfect. Some days will lack, and that's okay. And definitely asking for help is something that I had to learn the hard way. I didn't ask for help and I just got burdened down and I was not in a good place. So I determined that I was going to start asking for help. And it could just be little things. One thing my husband does that helps me is he does the laundry. He'll, He'll wash it, I'll fold it. And then some days, both of us will fold it. He'll fold his clothes, I'll fold mine. But that's helpful, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes, you know, not discarding that, you know, he doesn't work hard or that he doesn't come home and he's not tired. But on the weekends, you know, we definitely try to rest. But I I just can't do the laundry all by myself today. I can't. Can you help me do that? That's a job in itself. 
hate Especially it. Especially the whole family. It's, it's, I hate it. I, well, you know, one of the things, like I said, I'm working smarter, not harder. I told my mom, I said, start looking for cleaning companies. Start looking for people that are going to come in and clean. And at first I was like, oh, the money, I can save that money. I said, but you know what? To know that my house is going to be clean and I don't have to do it, it's going to help with my stress and anxiety. Exactly. So I may have to pay out of pocket, you know, a couple, couple dollars, but you know what? I know that I can sleep in a little bit more on a Saturday or I'm able to go to a function that I want to go to that's going to help me relax then I'd have to worry about staying in the house and cleaning. It, it Work-life balance is not perfect. It's tough. You have to figure out what works for you. But definitely knowing that it's not going to be perfect every day and that asking for help piece. Whew. And I also say this, you got to take them sick days and them personal days. Oh, talk about and, it. And send them kids to school and still talk take them days. A lot of times as mothers we think we have to save our sick time, our personal days in case the kids get sick. But you use them to, they're not just for the kid. You know, you use them to, you know, you are getting paid, they're paid days. Use them, that would help. Like just having just that couple hours one day, it can make such a big difference. I'm taking, I told myself I was going to take a day off a month. Yes. (laughs) And I, I just found out they only give us seven days. So I, I, I'm, just, well, I'm not going to take, you know, September off, uh, obviously, because it's the start of school. Probably won't take a day off in December because of, you know, vacation. But I, I plan to, because especially now, you know, last year teaching virtual, just the anxiety of, are we going to go back? Are we not going to go back? Or like, how long are our classes? It, it was, it was, how am I going to build a relationship with the kids over Zoom? It was, last year was a very stressful year. And I'm talking from a parent point of view and a teacher point of view. Yes. This year, now that everybody is forcing us to go back to normal, because I mean, that could be a whole conversation. I don't think we need to be in school full time. I think that we still should be virtual, especially with this Delta variant. Mm -hmm. That's just another story for another time. But, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has been home for the most part for the last year and a half. And now you want us to go back into the building. So just for me teaching virtually, right? Even though I was working, class started at 830. I didn't really have to wake up until 745. But now that I'm back in the building, I have to get up at six o'clock. I have to drive downtown. I have to sit through traffic. I have to teach in a building. I have to worry about transitioning. So it's going to be an adjustment for people to go back. And I think definitely taking that personal time to rest, to regroup, and, and, and just relax and to maybe sleep in even if it's just a half hour more, mm-hmm. but definitely, definitely take time for yourself and use that paid time off. Mm-hmm. And do things that you love. Try to do something. If you can't do it once a day, just at least two to three times a week, do something that you love. Like I learned during the pandemic, I love cooking. Like I, I just love it. It's just, mm-hmm. like it just, I'm getting up, I'm moving. I'm not at the computer sitting down, you know, I love it. And I love eating, but you know, I, I love cooking, but do something that you enjoy to do. Like if you like, to, you know, you go out more now, you, you get in, you know, get something to eat or go out to eat, do something that you love to do. Because a lot of times we're just thinking about trying to be better, trying to do better. Yeah, that's important, but you have to do what you love too. That's going to give you joy. Yeah, that I am big on self-care. Whatever restores and replenishes you. My favorite saying is you can't pour from an empty cup. You can so whatever you're doing for self-care, make sure that you're pouring back into yourself what you have given to other people. Because at the end of the day, whether you're a wife, a mom, single, whoever, you have given of yourself that day. You okay. need to make sure that you're good. Something that Whoopi Goldberg said, and it's pertaining to motherhood, but I think it's just I think it could be applicable to anything. Someone was asking her, you know, and and I'm generalizing about self-care, you know, how you're a mom and you're busy, you know, 
And she simply says, you know, I have to take care of myself because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of my child. And that always Mm -hmm. stuck with me. You know, we, we work. And like you said, we, as black women, women of color, there's a lot more on our shoulders than our white counterparts. They don't deal with the, you know, the, the, the racial trauma, the racial fatigue, how you should wear your hair, like yeah, the, the, the microaggressions at, at our jobs. You know, I, I work with some pretty liberal folks. You know, my job, my job is very heavy on social justice. They are mindful of who we teach because we teach a lot of black and brown kids, a lot of kids of color. So we have a book club, an anti-racist book club. So the folks at my job, you know, they're they're pretty woke in a sense. But sometimes there are comments that are made and those microaggressions can build up, you know, just the frustration of being a teacher. You have 20 plus kids and you're dealing with personalities. And nowadays, you know, parents, their kids can do no wrong. Everything is a teacher's fault. So you, you really have to you really have to take time to take care of yourself. You know, something that I try to do is when I come home, I change my clothes and I try to sit quiet, reading, watching something for at least 15 minutes. I have to decompress. Yes. I have to decompress. And once I decompress, I can start dinner. I'm relaxed, you know, but yes. Work-life balance is always a work in progress. Yes. All right. So the conversation is coming to a close. I just want to know from you, why is it important for us women of color, for us Black women? Why is it important for us to know how to land a job? Because we work hard. We know how to do the work. We are not lazy. And a lot of times we're the ones doing a lot of the work but we're not getting the accolades. We're not getting the, oh, you can say, oh, they make a great job, but you then you won't be the one to get the promotion. Then you won't be the one to get the raise. A lot, but we're the ones doing a lot of the work. But we are not acknowledged. You may be acknowledged maybe sometimes with your words, but we're not acknowledged with the actions. So you have to know how to land a job because in your current employment, if they're not treating you right, look elsewhere. Like, I am not... You know, the thing about, oh, I'm committed to this, I'm committed to this company. But if they wanted to get up and fire you one day, they could. So that's why it's very important. I'm not saying they would, but that's why it's important to know how to land a job. Landing a, your, your job search journey is a, their set of skills in itself. You have to have a set of skills to know how to get a job. And that's why I created the Eight Steps to Being Job Search Ready course with Brand Resumes because. People weren't understanding. It takes a set of skills you have to learn and you have to master to be able to prepare yourself for your next career opportunity. You have to be ready. You can't just sit here and be like, okay, I'm just going to get up. And don't apply for a job when you get pissed, when you get pissed at your current job. I'm always saying, have your resume up to date, have your cover letter up to date, and just start searching. Don't do it when you're pissed. Like a lot of people, I've even done it. You know what? You pissing me off because I'm gonna go get me another. Job. Like, don't do it when you're pissed. You know, just just look just to see what's out there and be prepared. But there are a set of skills that you need to have, and it's just very important because we're all we're a lot of times we're doing a lot of the work and most of the work, but we're not we're the we're not reaping the benefits that other count, other people and other counterparts are, are getting the benefits of. Know your worth. If you need to move on, you can move on with confidence, knowing that you know your stuff. And it's on you. That's it's, it's, it's more it's ownership of what you can do. So learning how to land a job is more than just putting it in the other companies, you know, of, of this company's hand. Like, oh, I hope they hire me. I hope they- no, be in charge of you, of your brands. Like you don't have to be an entrepreneur to have a brand. When you are applying for a position, when you're applying for a job, when you're applying for opportunities, you are the brand. They they need you more than you need them. And you always need to have that up front. One of my favorite Jay-Z quotes is, I said no to the Super Bowl. I What is now? Of course, now I forgot. <laughs> 
But I said no to the Super Bowl. I, you need me more than I need you. I, I'm more than likely misquoting that. It's from, excuse my French, ape shit song. But I was just like, that is true. My job does kind of need me more than I need it, especially being a teacher. <laughs> my principal came in. We had we went back to professional development last week. And my principal said, oh, we're looking for, you know, for, and he listed the four positions. And he was like, because people just don't want to teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, teachers are a hot commodity. Yeah, we go through a lot, but, you know, especially if you're a math and science teacher, shout out to them because they're always in hot commodity. Us English and history teachers, not so much, but yeah. No, but we need y'all too. We know. You know what it is? It all boils down to testing. It does. State testing and what gets tested, English and math, to some extent, science. History is the the adopted stepchild that no one really cares for which is, in my opinion, I'm not saying that those other subjects aren't important, but if you look at the state of the world in this country, it is because a lot of people don't know their history. They don't. And you have to know where you where you came from to know where you're going. Exactly. And I think that history does not get its just due because it's not what you can make money on. It's, it all boils down to capitalism. But that's another conversation I can <laughs> I can I can go off on that. I can twist that for you, but yeah, you're like great. It's another conversation. Yeah. But can you share your quote with us? I always like to ask my guests for a quote. What's your quote and why did you choose it? This is a quote that I have two. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. And I have created both of these quotes. Right. I feel like the Lord has given me these these quotes. So my first quote is your passion is not what you get excited for what, what you're excited to do every day. Your passion is what you would do at your worst. And I can explain that. Please do. Okay. So I'm going to give you an example. Like I told you all. Uh, so I was going, through, I'm, I'm always going through my healing journey, but I was, I was, as I was going through my healing journey, like around this time last year, I was hitting, I hit a wall. COVID, it, I hit a wall. I was, I had just a really bad day. I was in my bed with the covers over my head, lights off. My daughter's got mom calls me. She's like, I answered the phone. She's like, Char, remember, you know, I have an uh, interview tomorrow. You said you were going to prep me. And I did not, I was just at my lowest. But I said, okay. I was able to interview prep her from my bed with the covers over my head. At the end of that conversation, I t- had lights on. I was sitting up. I The covers were off. And she got that job. It was it was a promotion, but she got that promotion. And that's when, and she said, Shar, if you did not prep me, if I didn't have that session with you, I wouldn't have gotten it. And that's when I knew your passion is not what excites you. Your passion is not what, oh, I'm going to, oh, I love to do this. It's what will you do at your worst? Because I was at my worst at that time, but I still showed up and I showed up as my best. That's a mic drop right there. <laughs> I'm still stuck on that. I'm still thinking about it. Does that make sense though? No, it, it does. That's it does. I, I think, you know, even when I wasn't teaching, and I wasn't necessarily at my worst, but long story short, I I was a woman that allowed my job to I was wrapped up in my my identity as a teacher. And when Mm -hmm. I didn't have that, I was lost. And I, you know, I interviewed my, my lesson went horrible. And the person who watched it just said some very horrible things to me. And that stuck with me. And I just was in a bad place, but I still work with kids. I still, you know, helped my son study. I still, you know, I was involved with Cub Scouts. And to me, it, it was I. It was a low point because again, I'm like I can't land a job. It was very frustrating. You know, I'm not teaching. Who am I? But I wasn't in the classroom. But I was still showing up for kids, and I was still teaching them. And there were days where it's just like, oh, I just don't feel like going to this Cub Scout meeting. I just want to stay home. But when I got there and I saw the kids excited and learning, that just filled me up. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It wasn't always exciting. It wasn't always 
happy moments. There were days where I wanted to stay home and just do nothing. But when I got in that environment and things got started, and then the feedback from the parents and seeing the kids happy, I was just like, this is this is it right here. This is this is my why. This is my why. All right, what's your second thing? This is more of an affirmation, but um, I say this to myself a lot. I love who I was. I love who I am. And I love the person God is growing me to be. Yes. So in that, a lot of times, especially as women of color, we're always like, well, if I just took that job or if I got that degree, my life would be totally different. Or we're always playing the shoulda, woulda, couldas. But in that, when you think I love who I was, you're playing honish, you're you're giving respect to who I was best as supporting of who it made me who I am now. Everything that's in your life now, you need it. And everything in your life now and before is preparing you and growing you into the person God created you to be. So you're you are loving and respecting every stage of your life and your your past, your present, and your future. I like that. And I definitely can I identify with that. I I have made some decisions in my life this year that I am investing in myself more because there's a place in my life that I want to get to. There's things that I want to do. And in order for me to get to that place, I need to accept my past, work towards it in my present. So that way my future self will be set up. So I definitely, definitely like that and can identify with that. I would like you to come back. I feel like we have more to talk about. Definitely, you know, we are going to do an IG Live, more on that to come. But at this moment, Char, please take this time to promote yourself, your brand, and share with my audience where we can find, follow, and support you. So again, through brand resumes, I just launched a, a self-paced course, a six hours of a contest called Eight Steps to Being Job Search Ready. And they are, I gave you some of the steps here, but there are eight steps of how to actually prepare you for that job search journey uh, from setting goals, knowing your strengths, creating that cover letter, building relationships, nailing that interview, but it's not just me saying it. We're actually showing you how to do it and we're giving you those resources and the tools of how to stay organized and how to have those set of skills to land a job. My personal email, my personal Instagram is Miss MS Miss Shar Brown and my professional Instagram account um, career coaching by Charmenta Brown. It's pretty long, so I may change it, but it's so my personal Instagram is Miss Shar Brown. I share that because I share a lot of my career tips that I share on my professional career coaching page. I share it on my personal page too. If anyone wants to reach out to me, please DM me. Okay, email me at charmenta at gmail.com. If you would like to set up a session, if you want to talk to me, a big thing, I'm big one. A lot of times we're in our job. A lot of us, especially a lot of times we are like the first generation in that professional world. Like, I kind of am. And sometimes you just don't know what to do. Like if you have a disagreement with your boss or a coworker, you may just need to vent. And a lot of times we don't have people we can vent to about our professional lives. We can vent about our personal, but not professional. So if you just want to call me, set up a Zoom meeting appointment just to vent or just to talk about your next steps, please reach out to me. And all of her information, Brown goes are going to be in the show notes. And for my day one listeners, you guys know Saturday Spotlight. I will highlight her. I will have all her information. Everything will be there. So make sure that you contact this sister because she is dropping some gems. I've, I have learned a lot from not just this interview, but our conversation beforehand. I shared with her that, you know, maybe someday, one day, I want to be a college professor. So I don't know, in two, three years, y'all may be calling me Professor Lady J. There you go. Okay, so Sharice, it's just in a vine that I give all of my guests the final word. So do you have any parting words of wisdom for my brown girls? Just to love yourself in this journey. A lot of people don't start the job search because they don't want to be rejected. A lot of times your job search equates to how you feel with yourself as a person. If you don't feel like you're enough, then you're not going to show up. 
as as your best self in this in this journey. And what you focus on is what grows. So if you're focusing on you being less than that, well, that's what's going to grow. But if you focus on being more than enough and that you can do this and you have done so many different things that equates to you being ready for this promotion or this new job, you can do it. I love it. Love it. Char, I want to thank you for coming on again. Thank you for having me. Definitely appreciate you and all the advice that you gave us. Make sure you guys are on the lookout for our IG Live. I'm going to look forward to that conversation because I feel like she's going to give us some more jewels of wisdom to live by in terms of relationships with our careers. So I want to thank my day one listeners and my present day listeners. And until the next conversation, stay well.